Today, we are talking with Jack Hanks of VPA Public Claims Adjusting. Jack is a cornerstone and thought pioneer in the public insurance adjusting space and has trained thousands of professionals nationwide, is a frequent guest and keynote speaker. Jack is here to share some of the most impactful adjusting stories. I'm your host, Matthew Ma, and welcome to the Truth About Real Estate podcast. Excited to have you here, Jack. Matthew, thanks for the invite. We're excited to be here, man. Look forward to talking to you. Cool. So I want to learn more. Like, how did you even get into the insurance adjusting space? And like, what do you guys do and how do you help? So long story short, my father was a contractor back in Indiana and I grew up in the contracting world. Um, I started my own contracting firm in Arizona in 1992. Um, and we specialize in insurance claims, you know, fires, floods, you know, things like that, hailstorms, windstorms. And then, um, we were doing tons and tons of work. I was actually a preferred vendor for many of the insurance companies around the country. Uh, we got big and got, got hefty. And uh, next thing you know, the payments started slowing down. It got to be more difficult. So about six, seven years ago, I decided, you know, enough is enough. And I, I switched uh, careers totally and became a public adjuster, um, which gives us more uh, leverage to negotiate on these claims and kind of get them where they need to be. So that's kind of the story behind it. So it's been it's been a hell of a run, I'll tell you that. And I'm sure in the last many years, you know, lots of things have changed since 1990s to 2022 now, right? Oh, my God. It's kind uh, of clear yeah. understanding. And also for you, too, because you came from the construction background, I think it makes you even better adjuster because you have so much more in-depth knowledge of things behind the scenes that not everyone gets to see, right? Well, yeah, I know. How, I mean, if this building right here, you know, burned to the ground, I can rebuild it myself. That's what I that's what I grew up doing. I understand the process and I get it and I get the overhead and, and, the, and the problems contractors have. I mean, there's a million things. Those, it's a rough life being a contractor. It's not fun. A lot yeah. of moving parts. You're dealing with subcontractors, supply chain issues, costs going all over the place, uh, you know, lack of quality workmanship. So I think I, I come I come at it from that side and I, I understand what they're going through. So. You know, it's I, I get the, the the goods and the bads and the I understand how to construct it properly on these claims to know what the actual real number is. And that's as a public adjuster, our job is to get the real number, not not worry about what the insurance company wants to pay. But our job is to get it where what it needs to be paid. That's the idea behind it. Yeah. And I think one of the things too, like when homeowners are going into insurance right now, and you know, they put a premium on the property and they put an average price and they just use like national averages, maybe local averages, your square foot price per dollar. But if something were to happen and you go, you really get into it and you start looking at it like, Oh, I might be underinsured because now today's market, the price of construction, labor, materials, timing, delays, and having to live outside of the house is a lot of work, a lot of money, and super complicated, more than we see. So, you know, homeowners, are we covered enough? I, no. Well, uh, you know, you're in San Francisco. I'm in Scottsdale. Those, mm -hmm. are, those markets are – so the, the problem we're seeing and, and we have seen, and Hurricane Ida brought this to light. We did a lot of work there, is, you know, the, the, you're, you insure your property for X amount of dollars based on what you purchase it for. Mm -hmm. And the, the problem is so many – most people – including myself are underinsured substantially because the housing market and, and, and the, and the commercial property market has skyrocketed. I mean, the house I live in is uh, it's went up 56% in the last year and a half. Um, and I'm in the business and I have yet to get my policy updated, which I need to do when it comes up for renewal. But the problem with that is, is they're so underinsured to, to rebuild it. Um, most people are getting left short just because they physically don't have enough coverage there 
to get it done. And then what also is coming into play on the insurance side is what's called co-insurance penalties. What's happening is the these commercial buildings um, in New Orleans, for instance, is, is a great example of it. You know, you insure your building for a million dollars and gets wiped out by a hurricane. Well, come to find out the value to get your building rebuilt is $1.5 million. So you're, in, you're underinsured by 500000 And then the insurance company invokes uh, their co-insurance penalties of another 20%. Next thing you know, instead of getting a million dollars, you're only getting, you know, half that or, or 6% of that because the co-insurance penalties the insurance companies are using to damage the insurance even more. So they're they're nine hundred thousand dollar apart right now, and there's nothing anybody can do because technically the insurance companies are right, um, and the agents are just not reacting fast enough in the marketplace right now to update these policies, and it's literally leaving businesses and homeowners in the lurch for hundreds of thousands of dollars, and it's scary, and it's happening daily, and I mean we're seeing it two three times a day right now. It's horrible. Wow. Yeah, I actually didn't hear about that part about co-insurance penalties. Where is that in the policy? And like, how, why? I get why they're invoking it, of course. Yeah. It's, they want to save on it, but I never hear your insurance agent tell you, hey, by the way, there's co insurance penalty if you don't do this. So you got to read the fine print of your insurance policy, which most of us don't. Co insurance is mostly in, in commercial policies. You'll see, like, there's, uh, it's, it's right in on the first page co insurance 20% or whatever. So basically, you, got, you have to make sure that you're insuring your building for enough money to rebuild it as far as what the value is. Okay. And these values are going so crazy well, in San Francisco, especially so crazy that the insurance isn't keeping up. So it's, it's within the insurance company's right to, to invoke that penalty, even though at the end of the day, their agents aren't keeping up with it. So mm -hmm. it's a very collusional situation and very unfair and it's happening all the time. So it's, it's one of those things that it's buyer beware. You, you, are, you, you are responsible when you buy that policy to know it and understand it fully. And most people don't. Most business owners don't. They think the agent and the broker has their best interest. And many do. But in, in some circumstances, more, more often than I like to talk about or, or, or go into, they are not being totally compensated fairly because the policy, this isn't there. It's, it's, yeah. it's a scary situation. And I think this, too, is that, well... For example, oh, I expect my insurance agents to tell me. They should tell me everything because I, I have them to be insurance agents. But at the back end of it, they have hundreds, thousands of clients in their books, and they're busy. Yeah. They can't manage every part of it, and they might not forget to tell you even if they wanted to. And you don't know what you don't know. If you don't ask, they don't have they don't tell, right? Sometimes buyer beware. Well, you know, I at the end of the day, we're all responsible for what we buy and what we purchase. Exactly. And if we don't read that car warranty all the way through, we don't read our policy all the way through, or we don't read anything. Um, just it's click your button buy now. Yeah, it's a consumer problem. And yeah. once again, agents are, you know, let's not forget they're they're commission-based people. They're there to get sales and, and rack up the points. I get that. Um, and they're, you know, to their a lot of them are, are un, under educated on what they're selling. They don't really don't know what the basis of these policies are. And unfortunately, most people, um, most of us, most consumers, when we go to buy the insurance, what's the first thing we say? Give us how the much. <laughs> yeah, how much? What's the cheapest thing I can get away with? Yeah, is to get this thing done so my mortgage company's happy. Well, then come to find out, you don't you have exclusions for X, Y, and Z you didn't know about. Something happens to the home or the business, and you have an exclusion there, and there's no coverage. And the best attorney in the world, or the best public adjuster in the world, is not going to get that over. If there's no coverage, there's nothing anybody can do. Period. It's, yeah. it's a horrible situation to be in. 
And I think something that should help, like even, and I do this in real estate, I always try to think of all these different ways to help our, our clients, our um, agents. But even in the public insurance space, I, w- I wish there's a checklist for a consumer to say, hey, by the way, if you talk to any insurance company, here's things you want to ask to make sure it's covered for you based on your risk tolerance. Do you have fire protection? If you need it, earthquake, flood, yep. whatever you need, yep. here's the pricing. And here's example different pricing, like a pricing scenario sheet. What do, you, what do you really need? What would you like optional? And here's yeah. the price for that. And by the way, as a reminder on your calendar, every year you should double check your policy to make sure you're covered adequately enough for your property. If it went up 20%, you should call us to readjust your insurance by 20% up too. Yeah. Once but, again, it know. is up to the consumer and most of us fail at that miserably. That's that's the crux of the problem. Is only, I mean, like you said, agents have 500, 1,000, 1,500 policyholders and they're mm-hmm. They're there to process these things as quick as they can, and I get that. So it's a it's a very uneven playing field, unfortunately, for what, what most consumers are going through. Because yeah. insurance is, you know, when it's done right, it's, that's what it's there for. I mean, you know, my daughter just had a accident in her car. Um, she totaled it about six weeks ago. And here's a perfect example. I bought that car uh, three years ago for $32,000 cash off the lot. It was a 2018 Jeep Cherokee, brand new. She wrecked it, totaled it six weeks ago. I got a check for seven thousand more than I bought the car for because yeah. it a used car appreciated so fast. Yeah. Once again, thank God I had the proper coverage, but I went to go buy a new one with her a couple of weeks ago in the same damn car in the same lot. Three years newer is now fifty two thousand hmm. dollars. So it hiked up thirty five percent since the day I bought it. You know, so that's just what we're. That's the new reality we're living in. Um, you know the market, the real estate market, well as anyone. It's not going to slow down for a while, um, so everyone needs to keep on their toes with this thing because it's it's changing by the day, by the hour, by the minute. And it's, it's once again, it's very scary, and it's up to up to us as consumers and people on our side to educate as many people as we can, just to ensure they're getting the right coverage up front because it's one of those things you don't know until you need it, and then you're SOL at the end of the day. It sucks. Yeah, and I totally get that. I know consumers want to save money. Everyone wants to save money and find the best ways. But at the same time, like for me, I like to just learn and research. So I even I still talk to my insurance agents all the time, and I even right. ask them, "Hey, do I have the right policies based on what I'm doing? What I'm doing now? Should I get?" And here's the thing to know: Do you consumers have umbrella policies? Do you need it? Do you have it? What's the coverage, and is it helping you? Because something you might want to talk to your insurance provider about, for example. 1 million, 2 million, 5 million, 10 million dollar policies. And even when you talk to like tax attorneys and other attorneys, like you should talk to your insurance about that. Yeah. I didn't know about umbrella policy. What's that? It's a coverage over your policy, right? And it's, it's a blanket, but you got to understand what it does and what it does not do so you can see if it works for you. But hey, not all insurance providers might remember to tell you because they haven't checked your policy for a while. But if you have a really good insurance person, yeah. they should take a look at it every year to make sure you're, because I would assume I'm hoping that you're increasing your wealth, your family, you're growing and you're building your empire. So take a look at what you're, what you need to make sure. And property insurance at the end of the day is fairly inexpensive for what it is. Right. You know, yeah, it's, it's yeah. a few grand a year. It's not like, I mean, it's, it's 10 times cheaper than my health insurance. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> yeah. You know, and a, a lot of people just have a tendency to kind of, I don't want to say skimp on it, but they want to take the basics just to get it done. And then once again, at the end of the day, man, um, they get they get their butts kicked in because they're out of they can't even afford to rebuild a home and they lose it. It's it's a horrible situation to be in. Yeah, and yeah, even when you compare, like for example, I looked at it before. Like, what's the difference between a thousand dollar deductible, two thousand, five thousand, ten thousand? What's your risk tolerance on it? And if you can afford it, you choose your risk. But 
hey, you can balance your portfolio out. Okay, if I want to pay more money to get umbrella, I can adjust these things to reduce yep. this cost to equal it out where I'm comfortable paying, but now I have better coverage. That yep, can be consideration, yep. right? Yeah, insurance is a, it's a very effective way. It's, it's, it's there to, to mitigate the risk. That's what it's for. Because you can, you can what, what it's there for is way back in the, in the early days of, of our society, it was there to, to kind of balance the risk out from, to, to spread it around. It's, it's for catastrophic events, right? You lose your home, your business. Um, it's, it's there to spread it out. These insurance companies, that's what they, it's a risk tolerance. It's exactly yeah. what it is. And uh, we couldn't, like, if my home burned on the ground, I had to pay cash for it. I'd be screwed, but for my twenty six hundred bucks a year, if it does burn to the ground, I'm covered. Um, it's it's just that's what it's for. It's been around since Ben Franklin. Um, it's getting more difficult, more difficult because what what we all need to understand and, and really comprehend, insurance companies are a for profit organization. Mm-hmm. They are not here to pay your roof claim or to pay. They, they're not happy about it. They want to. Insurance companies have become marketing machines. That's what they are. They're there to bring money in for the premiums, and then they want to limit what they pay out on the uh, on the claim side. That's just that's the business model, and we all have to understand and accept that because it's it's it is unfair and is unbalanced. It is what it is. But uh, the the insurance companies, the oil companies, run the country, and if, if we if we can understand that and accept that and have a team of professionals around us, so when something does happen, we're we're taken care of. That's the idea. Once again, buyer beware. We're, this is the, this is the world we live in now. So, yeah, and I get that. They, they, you know, of course, they're smart. They know how to make money. They they use their sure. uh, math and analytics to understand how much risk we're actually taking on, and versus how much premiums we're getting. And they're making a lot of premiums. But oh. as a consumer, we got to understand our risk tolerance too. Yes. Do I want to deal with a fire damage, and can I pay for that without insurance? Most people know. So yep. is a thousand, two thousand, three thousand dollars a year worth the insurance premium, even if I don't use it for twenty or hundred years? Probably Forever. so, right? Forever. So, you know, in that most case for consumer level, it makes sense. And I think some things people should be aware of when you're in real estate and you're dealing with um, investment properties, right? And you have tenants. What happens if your tenant falls? Their friend falls. Someone's dog get bit. Oh. They break their hand and cut the glass or something, or someone trips on your cement. Do you have insurance for that? Does your insurance provider actually cover that? What happens if a tenant sues you for bogus reasons? Does your insurance cover that? These are things you want to ask and learn about and see if it makes sense for you, right? Like landlord protector policies. Do you guys have that? If you have a tenant, you give it in law. Do you have landlord protector policy? Yep. What's that? Yeah, so you, you can what insure ask? anything you want, right? You yeah. just got to know what you need. And you got to, you know, be very transparent with your, with your agent and your broker. You need to like, here, you know, once again, here, here's what I have. To, tell me what I need to do. And then at the end of the day, have someone check into that for you because, they may miss something and it's the stuff they it's Murphy's law, right? The stuff that they miss or undervalue or exclude is the stuff you're going to get hit on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's, that's when people can lose everything very quickly <clears throat> that you work for for years and years and years, especially like I said, these landlord policies, you know, how many, how many tenants move out and destroy it. And if, if you have the vandalism clause in your policy, that's taken care of by your insurance company, you know, but if you don't, you're re you know, you got to remodel that thing for, I'll put, I, I've seen claims where they, uh, tenants move out and they rip out cabinets and lights and sinks and they flood the damn thing out and it's, but they have coverage that's taken care of. If you don't, you don't. So. Another thing they should look at too is like, okay, if you're doing short-term rentals, does your policy cover short-term rentals? Yeah. Some do, some don't. You better ask before you do it. And, uh, 100%. And a lot of people rent their place out without the proper rental coverage because it's not a primary dwelling coverage at that point. It's a rental policy. Mm-hmm. That's completely different, different, uh, 
policy in, involved. And if people don't know that and they, they're running their place out and it's, a, it's listed as a primary residence, the insurance companies that are no obligation to pay that claim if it's the wrong policy, if you don't disclose all this stuff, you know, they're going to look for every, like, they're going to look for every loophole they can not to pay that claim. And if you don't identify the property correctly, you're going to, once again, they're going to find out. They're, they have their ways of, of getting, they, they have investigations to get this stuff looked at. So they're going to know, they're going to deny that claim. And once again, you're out of pocket because you need to be forthright and honest with, with, with the carrier of, of what you have and what you're doing with that property. There's a reason why they ask, ask all those disclosure questions, right? And yep. you, you, those are representations and warranties that you as consumer make. You better damn well you know, do the right thing on those. Exactly. And I think your insurance agents, they're, they're there to look out for you when you're applying and making sure you're being truthful and going through all the questions and to understand what you're doing and not doing because they're not going to your house all the time and checking everything out. No. And you got to, you know, and you're updating all the time. So did you do a major remodel? Did you get permits? Did, yes. you, did you do it correctly? You know, how did you add addition? Did you, yeah. Did you, there's a thousand things that go on and nobody thinks about. Did you add a, did you add a garage in the back of your property and nobody knew about? And it's a $75,000 thing. Next thing you know, it gets hit by lightning. It's down to the ground. You didn't have the right coverage for it. Once again, you're, you're, it, it's not the insurance company's job to look out for you. It's up to yourself to look out for you. Like in anything, it's a, it's a cruel world out there, unfortunately, right? It is. Let's talk about this. What kind of impactful uh, adjusting stories have you gone through or sh can you share with us? And something that we should learn about it and like think about for ourselves. How do we make our insurance better for us? Oh, man. Well, we, you know, we... I've been doing this a long, long time, and I've done 19 hurricanes in my day. And, uh, you know, the, the biggest thing we, we talk about as a company is having empathy because, you know, we, we, we go in, like, for Hurricane Ida, for instance, we got there three days after the storm. A whole team went in. We had trailers and, and campers, and, you know, we were, we were living like that for a while. And, you know, we, we pack up and leave our stuff and come back to our beautiful homes here in Scottsdale, and we forget that these people are still – going through devastation i mean their their homes and businesses are wiped out from hurricanes and we forget as a as a community sometimes what these people are going through and i think we did 400 and some cl uh, claims in hurricane ida half of them are done half of them are still going on and these poor people are in hotels or rentals and uh, it, it's quite devastating to come like if you went home today and lost all your stuff can you imagine the mental anguish that people go through um your toothbrush your toothpaste your vitamins your your, your kids' trophies, your photographs, your wedding albums, your wedding dress, all that stuff can be gone in a heartbeat from a fire or a flood or a storm or anything. And we, we as a community, it, it's flashy news for the first two or three days. Then it kind of goes away because the next, the next thing happens on the news. But the people are still going through that stuff. So we go in there and you know, our, our job, once again, we have claims that you'd be shocked that they offer them fifteen twenty thousand dollars $20,000. And the claim is four to five hundred thousand dollars, legitimately what it is. So we we go in there and we we fight tooth and nail to get this thing right. And uh, it's 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 exhausting and devastating, and you know it's it's emotional for the clients because it's it's like that what that seven stages of grief people go through when you lose a loved one. It's very same on your problem. Like I don't know, if we work our tails off to have a beautiful home and take care of our families, and that's gone. Um, so 20 years of work is have to start over again. And it's, it's a very difficult to watch these people go through this and these businesses go through that, uh, to get taken advantage of and be left on the side of the curb, for instance, when, when, when they need help. And, uh, our job is to get it, get it right and get those things done. We've been very successful doing it, but 
Um, it's, it's a dogfight. I'm not going to kid you. So it's, it's an everyday event to be empath empathetic with our clients and understand where they're coming from and know they're going to be upset and they're going to be uh, frustrated and they're going to be not having great days because they're living in a Hyatt place, not living at home. You know, it's, it's very frustrating on their end. And we as a community have to do a much better job with that. I think a part of that too is, for example, everyone's living life, getting busy and dealing with all these things. So like, you know, most people don't want to think about what they, what do we not want to think about? Taxes, death, insurance, yeah. like it's out of our mind. Like, we would just want to live and just, these are by default, whatever it is, minimums, I'm in, that's it. I'm, I'm good to go. Right. But then when you think about reality wise, okay, well, you're building up your personal wealth and everything. You, you start owning a lot of property, sometimes a lot of stuff you don't even need, but at the same time, are you covering what you need to cover? Are these things important to you? Does it matter if it's gone tomorrow? The, you know, and then when you go through that in public adjusting, you're like, I had all these things. Hopefully they cover their rings, jewelry, things like that. Most people do cover that one. But how about your computers, your business equipment, all these oh, things yeah. you use? I didn't think about that because it's just small dollars. But those small dollars times by 100 different things add up really fast. Oh. Well, think about Yeah, think about I mean, jewelry, for instance. So let me give you this perfect example. Most policies have a cap on jewelry of $2,500, right? That's it? Well. Yeah, typically that, that's that's mm -hmm. what it is. Yeah. Unless you have an endorsement for a particular item that's valued and, and it has an appraisal value done on it with 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 with, a, with an addendum to your policy, you're getting twenty five hundred bucks. If you have five hundred thousand dollars with the rings and jewelry and necklace, and, and this happens all the time, um, the, the 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 missus will say, "Hey, my my wedding ring was on the counter and the fire happened and it my wedding ring's gone. Um, mm -hmm. It was thirty eight thousand dollars." Like. Here's the receipt. Well, great, but your policy caps at twenty five hundred because you did not get that endorsement for the thirty eight thousand dollars of the value of the ring. Um, that happens almost. I hate to say it, on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Or they have like an autographed Jordan jersey, game worn, um, hanging on the wall, and it's worth twenty five thousand bucks. And a hurricane hits the house. You know what the value of per in the insurance company's mind that jersey is? No, it's the is value it? of eighty five dollars. Because uh, it's just a jersey, it doesn't matter if it's signed or not. Just a jersey, sign it doesn't. It's the, it's what it's made of and what it's worth. Yeah. Then they depreciate it. Here's your forty bucks. So unless you, those those items like that, your your signed autographed items, your memorabilia, your antiques, your jewelry, furs. Um, we have we have a client here in Phoenix that has all this high end uh, liquor, and I'm like, ma'am, it's worth the bottle. That's a, it's it's not what you think it's worth, and it's hard. Those are hard discussions. That we have to have because once again, we, we can only work with the confines of the policy. Mm -hmm. Your insurance policy is the contract that you have with your insurance company. And if it's not specifically listed there as an item with, with a specific value, you're going to have to live with the, with, with the bottom line endorsements that the policy you know, provisions let you have. And that's it. Um, once again, we can have the best attorney in the world. You, you can't sue for something that's not there. And that's, that's, those are the very hard dis discussions um, that we have to have because the insurance commissioner is not going to, they could carry, they send a letter out. Thank you very much. We're done. We have to explain why they're getting kind of their hat, their, their, their head kicked in uh, is because li literally they don't have the right coverage to do that. It's, 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 it's not fun. Believe me. So and I think for the most part too, like as consumer wise, like, okay, I get insurance coverage. Do most consumers actually go through line by line and, and see exactly everything that's covered, uh, the exact amounts that's covered and think back. Is that what, adequately to what I need. Jewelry twenty five hundred. Most people know your your watches, your jewelry, your rings are way more than twenty five hundred. Oh. Did you get a personal articles policy covering that one line item? No. You should consider it. 
oh, but I got to pay more insurance. Well, that's why it's there just in case something happens. But, you know, the cost of a personal articles policy is actually really oh. cheap. It's oh. like pennies. Yeah. Well, if you think, you know, think about it. If you had to go to CVS today and replace everything inside your bathroom, what's mm -hmm. that, 600 bucks, 700 bucks? You don't think about yeah. that. Yeah. You know, people think, ah, oh, it's no big deal. It's just nickel and dimes. But, dude, it, it adds up. I mean, you know, my wife's shampoo is $63 sometimes <laughs> a bottle, right? Yeah. So, that's right. It, and that's, yeah. so you got to, you got to cover your, it's, at the end of the day, we're all responsible for ourselves. And that's, that's people, they fall into the trap of, um, you know, thinking the insurance company is there to take care of them because they're, they're really not. You need to take care of yourself first. Mm -hmm. And uh, that, that's a hard lesson to learn sometimes. And once again, we see it every day and that uh, some really hard conversations are had in this office. So. So let's talk about this. Do you have, what would you recommend consumers do right, do right now? And like, how do we manage all this? Cause like, it's a lot of work to go identify all my items in my house, everything I need, my cars, my computers, right. my jewelry, whatever. And like, what do I do with that? Do I like, how do I talk to my insurance agent and like, what should I really be covering? How well, what I suggest everyone do is even though this sounds weird, is take a video of your house, everything you have. I mean, take a quick video of all the whole property inside and out and document it and, you know, we can work with that. Like if, if we have a fire and the thing's down to the ground, if we have a video of what it looked like before, mm -hmm. you know, you open up the drawers to show what's in there. It may sound weird, but we're able to pinpoint a hell of a lot with that. So nice. the more documentation you have before something occurs, the better. So, so take a, you know, pick a day every year. Maybe it's the day after your wedding anniversary or the day before your birthday. Just redocument your, your stuff and then email it to yourself. So it's in the cloud. So it's, if something does happen that don't, don't leave photos of the home inside the home. You know, you want it in the cloud somewhere. So somebody has, you can get access to it after something does. Um, it's one of those things. Hopefully you never need to worry about it ever, ever. I mean, most people don't have a, a cat, catastrophic event happen to their home. They don't, it doesn't burn down. A tornado won't hit it. An earthquake won't destroy it. But if it does, you want to be prepared for that. It's, um, it, it's too, it's too risky not to, to spend 15 minutes a year looking at it and revising it and talking to your agent and say, Hey, uh, my house is worth more now. It's bigger. I added this, added that. I bought this, I bought that and to add to it, you know, and a lot of people don't. And I think it's just, I don't think it's laziness. I think it's lack of awareness. Yeah. And lack of awareness. Yeah. hundred percent. And like I said, there's nothing, I, I can't fix it afterwards. We can sure fix it beforehand though. Mm -hmm. You know? All right, audience, here's what we're going to do. All of us like after Christmas holidays, Go walk, put it on your calendar now for the end of the yep. year, December 26th, December 28th, 30th, walk around your, put on your calendar, take a video tour of my house and let's document it as a new year. Walk around the house, take a video, go through everything, say, hey, these are my favorite, whatever, computer stuff, my jewelry, my toys, my games, my collectibles, walk around the whole house, happy 2022, excited for 2023, upload it to your personal cloud for yourself. Don't share it with anyone. If you have personal items you want to keep safe document that and every year you have a backup just in case but now you have a history too of your year celebrating seeing all the things going on but that's an easy way to actually remember end of the year to take a quick video showing everything for yourself yep. and if anything seems like you bought something extraordinary that means a lot to you contact your agent and they put it in the door you can insure anything you want you can insure baseball cards record albums anything of value that's beyond norm you want to make sure you have coverage for because technically, at the end of the day, if it is an expensive record album mm -hmm. and you don't have receipts or don't show what you paid for it, it's literally only worth the vinyl and the cover of what it, what it is. Um, that That's the hard part. So, yeah, document the living hell out of it. That's the idea. So what's a quick example? Let's pick an item. Any favorite toy item collectible, how much would it cost to insure it for per year? 
50 bucks, a hundred bucks. It's not a lot of money. Right. So it's, it's such a minimal thing. Like, you know, if, like I personally have an autographed game worn Jordan Jersey. I nice. think I bought it 25 years ago for like a thousand bucks. I think it's worth 50 to $60,000 now. And on my, on my contents coverage, I have it listed. So if something ever does happen to that thing, I'm going to get comp. I mean, granted, so I'm never going to get that exact Jersey back, mm -hmm. but a $50,000 checks go going to go a long way. So. Yeah. Okay. And for example, that item you buy for a thousand dollars, it appreciated over time. So even in your policy, you should go back and renew and update it. Say, hey, that item for a thousand went to ten thousand, went to twenty thousand, went to fifty thousand. I should call them back. Say, hey, yearly checkup, that item's fifty thousand yeah. dollars now. So and, it, uh, so normally things depreciate, right? Our mm -hmm. cars, clothing, bedding, tables, chairs. They once you once you take it out of the store, drive it off the lot, things depreciate. Well, the last couple of years. That's not the case because of the limited supply. So mm -hmm. cars right now are appreciating. Antiques are appreciating. Uh, collectibles are appreciating, So means, which means their values are increasing every year. Um, and you got to be aware of that and make sure, once again, the coverage matches what it's worth. Because uh, mm -hmm. you don't want to underinsure under and, and non-insurance, it's, it's horrible. And once again, there's nothing I can do to fix that once the loss occurs if it's not properly endorsed to begin with. So take your time and, you know, it, it's painstaking. And nobody, like, like you said, nobody wants to talk about taxes and insurance because it sucks. It's mm -hmm. no fun. But it's a harsh reality what we all live in. And, you know, it's just that one one moment in time can devastate and change your life. And that's what we're trying to avoid as, you know, as, as a to do it right. And if we have the proper coverage, we can get you all the money in the world. That's the idea. So nice and i think yeah because people are just you know busy with everything they prioritize those things last the things we don't want to talk about we prioritize it last and i get i get that i understand that but at the same time you're trying to look for your future so you should prioritize the harder things first and yeah. it's tough like who wants to prioritize death taxes insurance not really unless you love it for some weird reason right <laughs> yeah it's not fun no believe me yeah. I'm, I'm even a financial advisor and i, I want to I, I yawn because i'm like oh god here I, this, this, you know and then like we just we we expect them to take care of it, right? But at the end of the day, it is our decision. It is our money. And, you know, we work our tails off to get to this point in our lives. And you want to make sure that it's secure and it's taken care of properly, you know? Yeah. And, and I, I wouldn't, honestly, I wouldn't remember if your Jordan jersey went up from 30000 to 50000 I'm not looking at collectibles. How do I know your policy, your property right. items went up in value? You got to tell me. Well, that's just that the agent doesn't walk through our house every year and see what we have and what we don't have. It's it's up to us to to manage our stuff, Right. Mm -hmm. It's called, you know, it's called being an adult and being accountable. Right. And it's, yeah. it's a hard lesson to learn. I, I've seen it. I've seen people just, I mean, they weep and they cry and they're upset and there's nothing, nothing we can do unless it's, unless it's done correctly. So. Okay. So let's talk about this in, in real estate. Let's say I have a house and I go get a brand new kitchen remodel and I don't get permits. I just do it. Right. Yep. What happens if there's a fire that breaks out and this was all done is I did a hundred thousand dollar job without permits. And then what, do you, what does an insurance agent companies do? Well, it happens all the time. I mean, room additions occur with no, with, with no permits and that other thing. And once again, it's up to the insured to let the agent know what the value of the property is. If they add, I mean, in, in policies, there's, 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 it's written in there. You have 30 days or like my, my auto policy, if I buy a new car, I have 30 days to update my policy to add that vehicle. And on, on the 31st day, if I don't add that vehicle, I don't have any coverage. That's, my insurance company doesn't read my mind, right? It's up to me to inform them what I have, what I don't have. That's and, and, and anymore. It's on. It's it's on our phones, man. There's no excuses anymore. 
Mm-hmm. So it's easy. And people, we had, we had a fire here in Phoenix. Um, the people didn't, they were two days late paying their premium and the house burned to the ground two days later. And the, uh, the mortgage company had a forced pay, forced place policy on the home. Instead of getting $500,000, they get a check for one sixty because that's what the home was worth. So they got enough money to pay the mortgage off and then they have to sell the property as is. So they basically have a $500,000 problem on their hands. Yeah. Once again, there's nothing anybody can do. And that's what people don't understand is the insurance company doesn't know what they don't know. Right. And if you got to get that stuff in writing, you got to have an email chain and you, you got to cover your tail. That's what it's CYA, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. And even a good example, let's say this, you guys, you got one out there, you bought a fixer up or you fixed the whole entire house. Did you call your insurance agent right after that to tell them that you fixed it up all permitted and you change the square foot from thousand to 2000 or 3000? Yep. Because remember this, they based on cost per square foot as well in, yep. in a formula calculation. So what happens if you went from a thousand to 3000, you added $2,000 and let's just call it $500 per foot. How much money did you just, you know, didn't cover yet? It's a million dollar problem. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, and, so, and, and, and during the reconstruction, right? did you have a policy to cover the construction of the property too? Because God forbid oh. the plumber or the electrician or the welder is doing something and they hit a spark and the thing goes up. I mean, most these most contractors are going to have the right policy either. So you damn well better have a, a builder policy, a builder risk policy in place while that reconstruction is going on. That stuff's cheap as well. I mean, for 500 bucks, you're covered. Well worth it, right? Yeah, and I don't think most people think about it because they're not aware of it because most people's first time remodeling everything. And the, yeah. Oh, doesn't the contractor already have insurance? But you, when you Google a contractor, most of those guys just have a $15,000 bond and and just a bare minimum. And you know who's taking the risk? Oh, the owner's taking the risk. Am I going to tell them that? No, right. not really. Not, not everyone, right? Well, it's like having uninsured motorists on your vehicle, right? I mean, we, we all drive around in California, Arizona especially. A lot of people don't have insurance properly so it's up to us to make sure that we insure ourselves against those people that don't have the right insurance same thing as a home if you have a plumber or electrician or a roofer coming to your home um you better number one you better double check they have coverage and two you better check that you have the proper coverage as well because a third party liability claim is a whole nother can of worms you think you think it's getting hard to get paid as a regular homeowner imagine when a third party damages your home while they're working inside of it there's mm-hmm. a liability issues there that it's that gets real sticky real honestly, very quickly. And I don't think most people think about that. Like, oh, yeah, if you have a handyman, you know a handyman doesn't have coverage, right? Mm-hmm. And they have insurance. And what happens? They fall and trip and hurt themselves on accident or on purpose. You're, you're dealing with it, Mr. Homeowner, Mr. you know? Yep. So you better, have your, you better have liability sitting in there. So this guy, when he does do something mm-hmm. uh, off the wall that you have covered, because once again, uh, he sues you. Your insurance company is going to represent you, and you're going to be fine. But if you don't have that coverage in place, he sues you. You're personally liable for that, and you lose. It's a couple hundred grand down the road. And people are, when there's money involved, man, people get sketchy, and people get upset, and people get uh, a different mindset, man. Everybody's nice till there's money on the table. Then people's persona change very quickly. I've seen it, and it's not healthy. Yeah, that's the scary part about it because, you know, like, we don't generally think of these things. It doesn't occur until something happens, but like I, people wish they were educated prior to that to know what they're getting into. And of course you don't know what you don't know until, until it happens and it's too late. But you know, that's where podcasting is comes on talking to experts like you come on because we can share these stories and hopefully the people listening understand that there's a lot of valuable information that you, you know, everyone should be aware of at least and take it with a grain of salt, but check with your providers. Right. 
Well, the high school and the colleges, they, they, they teach anthropology and sociology and astronomy. They don't teach uh, daily uh, personal uh, growth and, and personal wealth building. You know, there should be a, 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 at least a course about wealth management in college. Like, hey, you got to have this, you got to have this, you got to have that, and how to balance a checkbook and how to write a, have the right insurance and, uh, you know, how to be an adult. That needs to be taught. And it's not. And it's sad and it's scary. And like I said, most people, they scrimp on the stuff they shouldn't scrimp on because it, it, it is minimal, um, but it's, it's life-changing at the same time. Yeah. I think like what you say, Will Smith is building a financial literacy app. I wish all of us who want to educate people in financial literacy hop on and we can be creators and course creators and help them with these yeah. items so that people can get educated, create our own university of, hey, this is a financial literacy university who t- teaches you everything about life, financial yep. wealth, generations, insurance. They should have that. Someone should go make it. Call us too when you make it. Yeah, right. I'll start <laughs> on that. But no, it's a thing. I mean, we don't yeah. uh, we don't educate people like we should. We're all it's it's you know my kids both just graduated from college, but U of A down in Arizona, and you know they're taking classes that they'll never. I mean, I, I love the general knowledge they have about stuff, but in the day, I'd rather have them know about their insurance, their car being covered by insurance, what a mortgage looks like, what an interest rate means, uh, what the proper uh, policy looks like that you need. You know, uh, what, what health insurance looks like, all, all these costs that they're going to start incurring as adults now. We all learn the hard way by just doing it and, you know, trial by fire, right? And that's a hell of a way to learn, especially we have all the tools available to us. We don't, we don't utilize them like we should until it's too late. Exactly. What are some interesting stories that you've seen or gone through in 2022 so far, and especially with the COVID years? Like, what are you guys seeing right now? Oh, man. Well, you know, the, 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 the great part about us is um, we were we never closed. So the minute COVID hit, uh, it didn't affect us whatsoever. We actually got busier. Um, we traveled through COVID. We were going around the country through COVID doing claims because stuff still happened. Hurricanes still happened. Lightning Tornadoes still happen. Hailstorms still happen. So we did not get affected one iota by the uh, by the COVID stuff, knock on wood. Um, but traveling during COVID was surreal. You know, we'd be in hotels with 600 rooms and it'd be four of us in a hotel with one, <laughs> one you know, with three lights on. And um, we couldn't find, I mean, not to play poor, poor Jack or anything, but, you know, when I was traveling and there was no restaurants open, you know, we lived on we lived on Red Bull and, and Cheez Its in the airport, and that's the only <laughs> that's thing available. Yeah, because yeah. you, you land and there's no there's no the rental car places were closed at six, and um, you know you couldn't get an Uber Eats. You couldn't do it was it was insane what we what we had to go through and what we did to get the claims done. But we all did it and we learned from it. Uh, we actually came out the other side of it a better organization and smarter and uh, more intuitive and and just kind of more creative to get things done. Um, I mean. The COVID thing, I don't think we're ever going to realize the devastation it had on families and drug abuse, alcohol abuse, emotional things, all the things that we all went through. I mean, my kids weren't in the classroom for a year and a half in college, which I, you can never recreate that and get that time back. So the COVID thing really, um, I, when, I, when I first saw it, I remember sitting in my living room watching the CNN going, nah, we're going to have a bad couple of weeks. So we're going to be fine. And here we are. <laughs> what, yeah. two and a half years later, we're still talking about it. And yeah. uh, it's, it's been a thing. And then there were so many class in our world too, COVID was, ex- or uh, bacteria and, and, and was excluded in policy. So all these restaurants were doing the insurance companies and there's no coverage. Um, mm-hmm. We had 40, 50 claims from some of our, our, our clients, hotels and, and restaurants, and there's literally no coverage for 
for pandemics and, and you know like the crappy part to that you know we had some some conference calls with some high-end people in washington going through all this and if insurance companies were to start paying those claims it would have collapsed our economy even more because there would have been trillions of dollars with no backup and they it would it would have bankrupted the insurance companies so you know they had to make some really tough choices to, to de deny all these and take their lumps uh, because if they would have paid them all, the trillions of dollars would have come from somewhere. It would have been from us and they don't have it to pay. So there, there were some tough choices to be made there. And it was, it was devastating. And I, a lot of people lost their family businesses and lost their farms and their, their restaurants. And it was horrible. Um, but it, it affected us uh, mostly just traveling, but we got through it and, uh, on the other side of it now, but it was a learning curve for all of us. Thank God, it was nuts. I never want to go through that again. So yeah, it's nice that you you know you were able to still help many people while you're out there and you're yeah. out you know dealing with all these things and trying to help people get readjustments and figure out their claims because it's it's tough during that time and yeah with COVID oh. going on, you know it's scary and yeah it's not part of the policy so I'm sure you know insurance companies like Whew, I'm glad it wasn't covered in insurance because we would have to pay for that and you know that's a lot of money. It would have been trillions. It would have, it would have bankrupted our country if, if those claims would have been covered. No yeah. Doubt, so. so one thing we noticed too is that you were named Public Adjuster of the Year. Uh -huh. how, how did that work? How'd you get? How'd you guys get there? Oh uh, well, a lot of hard work, sweat, and tears. Number one. Um, so yeah, we uh, we were nominated through Storm Venture Group. Um, several of my 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 cohorts as as uh, were nominated, and we were very fortunate to win Public Adjuster of the Year this for twenty one twenty two. Uh, we were voted by roofing companies, general contractors, and and other other entities we represented, and it was a big honor for us, especially being our really our first year in business. I mean, I, I was with another entity before, but we we created VPA in June of last year, so to win that right out of the gate is kind of a big uh, kind of a big deal. We're excited, and uh, we're a lot of growth because of it, and you know, a lot of opportunities like this to come on and talk about our business has just been really cool. So, um, you know, I'm not going to kid you; it was a lot of work getting there, and it's still a lot of work. And you got to reprove yourself every day. Um, now, now there's a target on our back, right? To keep being a leader in the industry and, you know, keep growing. And, you know, we, we took that as a, I'll never forget this. After I, after we won that thing, I was sitting in a coffee line over here in Scottsdale. And I, it kind of dawned on me that it's not just about the award now. It's about, we got to be a leader in this industry and we got to train, we got to teach, and we got to bring the industry up with us now, not just because we want some damn award, but, now I feel we, we, we owe it back to our community of public adjusters and roofing contractors and contractors to work with them to kind of raise the bar of what we do and to be better every day. And uh, we, we really we talk about all the time in our, in our EOS meetings is we really want to be uh, respected and, and known as the hardworking public adjuster that, that we're the go to. And it, it's a big thing. And, uh, you know, we want to be like the, you know, the, the Tom Brady's and the New England Patriots, and we want to be consistent winners and consistently good people and consistent, um, you know, ethics and morals and, and do it the right way. Um, not, not the easy way, but the right way. You know, that's that's kind of what we're talking about. So, okay, and a question that people probably have, too, is that, OK, if we ever needed it, the insurance age, insurance company pays for you guys, the public adjuster, to come take a look at and to evaluate everything we're doing. Right. So we should be should we be happy or, or, or worried when you come over to our houses? Well, we're, we're so we actually don't get paid by the insurance company. We we mm -hmm. we come right out of the with the settlement we get paid on. So we're on contingency. So the better we perform and the more value we get for the claim, the more our fee. You know, it's a it's a percentage of what we collect. So 
you know, I encourage everyone. I mean, you know, there, there's, there's good PAs, bad PAs, good insurance companies, bad insurance companies, good desk adjusters, bad desk adjusters. But at the end of the day, you know, there's too much, too much at risk not to have representation on a claim. Because uh, if you think about it logically, the insurance company takes your premium, they give you your, your policy, and then if you have a claim, they're sending their representative out to your property to tell you what they're going to pay. Now, logically and business-wise, it makes no sense whatsoever. So you damn well better have someone on your side being a public adjuster or a, uh, a litigation attorney on your side, knowing what the rules, the statutes, what your policy covers, and making sure you're getting a fair value to what the claim was because you get one shot to do it, not two. If you blow it, um, it's on you. So you want to, you know, it's like hiring a CPA for your taxes. You want to make sure that you're telling the IRS what you're going to pay them, not what, what not. You don't want the IRS telling you what, what you owe, right? Same mm -hmm. thing with insurance claim. You want to make sure you have representation out there to get the right value, not the overvalue, but the correct value of what that what that claim actually is. And that's what our job is: is to come in there and represent and level the playing field and 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 be be that sounding board and be that that advocate for them to make sure they're made whole again. That's what insurance is for to be made whole. No, oh, so most people will be like. I didn't know that because, for example, my insurance coming here, I could have an issue. They'll take a claim. They'll come bring someone out. They'll figure out the pricing. They'll give me a check. That's it. Oh, I can have my own personal adjuster and realize yeah. they can fight for me to get the maximum based on the policy and say, hey, here's all this stuff. Let me ask you, homeowner, Here's what else do you have in there? What else do you have? What else do you have? Show me pictures, proof. Hey, insurance company, here's all the proof they have. Oh, that's a lot more. We didn't see that. We didn't ask them about it. What well, nobody understands about what we so at the end of the day, the insured has an obligation to show their damages to the carrier and prove them, mm -hmm. not the insurance company. So the the insured, the property owner, has to show the damages, prove the damages to the carrier. Here's what happened. Here's the resulting damage. What happened? And most people don't have that expertise, right? If I I don't know how to be a real if I, I need to sell my home, my business, I call a real estate agent. If I need to go to the dentist, I go to a dentist and my tooth hurts. Um, most people don't have the expertise or knowledge to know what the actual damages are to a home. You know, if lightning hits it or tornado hits it, I have some shingles blown off. Well, did you go inside the attic and investigate that your trusses have been shifted or the wall cracked or, <coughs> excuse me, now the electrical is damaged because of the, of the voltage that went through your house or things like that. So our job is to come and investigate it from top to bottom to see what exactly that storm and or event happened, what happened to that property. And so, cause what you don't want to do is get, get a minimal check from the carrier, get it done. And then six months, eight months later, you start looking around and stuff starting to crack or you still sell smoke or whatever. Cause you don't get to go back and fix it. You get one shot to do it. Um, it, it it's a very, nobody knows about us until they know about us is the thing. So public yeah. adjusting is a very hidden, uh, nobody talks about it. It's like a, it's like a tax collect. Nobody talks about us. So you really need us, but, there's a lot of great PAs out there to do great work. And once again, our only, our only agenda is to get the claim right and being forthright with it and, and showing the insurance. We're not going to get run over here. We're going to be fair and equitable. And we're just looking for good value for this claim. Nice. I'm glad you're sharing that with everyone too, because I think for the most part, a lot of people don't know about public justers and how they are here to help you be on your side to watch out for you rather than you getting a insurance adjuster who's just looking for the normal claim to cover you, get everything done, and walk away without digging into all the fine details on what about this in the wall that you don't see, the wire over here that happened from this issue. Oh yeah. Well, I don't see it. I don't need to think about it. I don't need to tell you about it. Right. So there's yeah, that issue. 
Once again, digging in the claim is the key there, right? I mean, mm -hmm. surface damage is one thing, but when you start getting into these things, and one of my guys sent me a video the other day, he was in a he was in a, a 18 inch crawl space in North Carolina, crawling through mud because it, the floor joists were cracked, and we had to prove that. And the only way to prove it was get underneath there and do it. So um, you can't take shortcuts. You can't you can't guess. We deal in facts, and that, that's in photographs and videos and documentation and 3D imaging and droning and all the technology we use is is something to behold. And once again, our we package up a claim for submission. It's got to be bulletproof, and we got to be able to swear in our right hand that, to our best knowledge, this is the damages that occurred. And then we have to document why it happened and how it happened. That's what we we paint a picture with 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 documentation to make it bulletproof. So we send it to the insurance carrier. They're gonna they're gonna look at they're gonna hem and haw, of course. But at the end of the day, we want to be able to to uh, have that knowledge and and. And base everything on facts, we submit these things to the carrier. Because once again, it's our reputation, our brand is safe. We're not going to lie, cheat, and steal to get there. We're going to be factual and, and do the right thing every time. That's what we do. Nice. And are there any, any good examples of things that you were able to help clients with? And they, they are so glad that they called you guys to really go through and help them readjust. Or the first time, getting them to get the right, you know, um, right claim. So one of our one of my favorite claims is we had a church claim here about three or four years ago. It was a, it, the the church on a Sunday night about two in the morning just collapsed. It literally just collapsed. Nothing, no no wind, no storm, no lightning, no tornado. It literally just collapsed. Luckily nobody was in the church, uh, thank God. But it just collapsed on on upon itself. Insurance company went out, said you have you have no coverage under this. You have no collapse coverage. Thank you very much. I'm sorry about your problem, but your your policy doesn't call for any coverage on this. So they called us, and we're like, man, this is going to be a tough one. So we did some investigation, read the policy. I brought one of my vendors out to start digging around a little bit, and we found this beam that was hidden up inside the attic that was chewed through by termites. And the engineering company we were working with determined that this beam was huge. Back in, this thing was built in the 20s. This beam carried the entire load of the church. So when this beam cracked and buckled, everything fell upon it. Well, within the policy, we found a little item in that in that policy that says um, termite. If if the lumber is treated, and if but if it's covered and unseeable, and termite damage causes collapse, this this will be covered. So we found that in the policy. We found the beam that was eaten by termites, but the beam was hidden by drywall insulation. Nobody saw it in the church. Thank God. Every Every six months, had the, the the termite treatment company come out and do a treatment, and that we we found those records. We had the records. We presented the claim, and we got them like eight hundred thousand dollars to rebuild the church. And the nice. church is open today, and it's, it's thriving because once again, that little we found a little blurb in the policy. It was one sentence, not not bolded out, <laughs> deep, deep within that policy that we found the coverage that it needed, and we got them a check, and they rebuilt the claim and. You know, it took about a year, but we, we got them there and we got them their money. So it's little stuff like that. I mean, these little nuances in these policies, you know, one word or one phrase, you know, the whole key to that thing was as long as that beam was covered and unseeable and was treated, we had coverage. So one little word got, got us coverage on that. And then, nice. yeah, to the insurance company's credit, they admitted their mistake. They wrote a check and we got it done. So 
Glad to hear that, especially for churches and everyone who needs oh my it. You, God, know, right? you want to say you want to stay with them. Like, you know, it's nice that you guys were able to fight for them too and get yep. the right thing covered because who's gonna go out and really look for you to say, Hey, check this one line item that actually will cover you. You know, yep. you can have your own defense and your own people to help adjust and you know, even lawyers for whatever to help you fight for you. Well, that's the idea. That's what we do, mm-hmm. man. So what areas do you guys cover? We are licensed in 38 states. So right now we have work all the way from the East Coast to the West Coast, so Minnesota down to, to Florida and Texas, everywhere in between. So, yeah, we're licensed in 38 states, um, and we have work going on in most of them between the hurricanes and the hail and wind and tornadoes and wildfires going on in California and New Mexico. We have work in all those areas. So we have a, a large adjusting staff and a large administrative staff to handle that stuff all around the country, and it's uh, – it's we we had I think thirteen claims in this morning already, so it's, it's quite hectic, and um, we have a good a good process and good people involved, and it's con- controlled chaos, but we're getting it done. So, and right now we're thinking this too. Okay, let's say you're not in their area. What kind of questions should we ask to find the right um, adjuster for us? Well, number one, make sure they're licensed in the in the in the state they're doing work in. I mean, you'd be surprised how many PAs are like, yeah, I can do the work. Well. You know, we're, we're regulated by the Department of Insurance. We have to have um, not only ourselves licensed, but a lot of times the entity as well has to be licensed. So make sure they're licensed to do the work um, and their experience. I mean, you know, I've been around a long, long time, so I have definitely had tons of experience. You want to make sure that they understand the loss. And there's a lot of adjusters only do fire. Oh, they only do hail. Oh, they only do vandalism. Make sure they have experience in, in, in that loss that you, that you have and that your experience is unique because, at the end of the day, you're going to be with that that public adjusting firm for probably a year of your life. So you damn well better have a um, a good relationship. You're going to have good days and bad days. And you're going to be able to make sure that guy or girl or, or gal is able to have a, a good conversation and good, you know, honesty and integrity. And, and, you know, we don't blow smoke. You don't want to have anybody blowing smoke or give you false promises, right? You want to get to the root of the problem and get through it together because it is a grind. And it is a struggle, and you got to be able to have really tough but honest, open conversations is the key to that. Yeah, and I think one thing about it, too, is like really trying to find a really expert, experienced person who understands exactly what you're going through. Yeah. Because, for example, do you trust a handyman or you trust a professional contractor or an engineer who has done the job? You most likely trust the engineer first and then the contractor and then the handyman last, right, because they have gone through all the work. So they have yep. the experience, and that adjustment can actually affect your, your how much – outcome you get from it right because oh they God, have the experience yeah. to say hey here's all the things you didn't see behind the walls because i'm yeah. an engineer i'm a you know self-engineer or anything like that the expertise helps you well I, I can tell you from our our we look at this stuff daily and I, I can tell you most claims that start at 30 to 40 grand are usually 140 150 thousand dollars like it's hmm. it's commonplace that hurts have a lar- yeah i have a large claim in texas we're doing in south texas from one of my my roofing companies we do work with uh, the insurance company offered him thirty-eight thousand dollars. We're getting close to selling that thing for four point five million, mm. and we are dead right. Um, you know, and thank God the the adjuster on the other side is being reasonable. He's listening and he's understanding what we're telling him now. It took a while to get him turned, but now we're like, here once again. Here's the documentation. Here's why. Here's what it is, and here's what happened. And we paint that picture properly, and you know, we don't pound our fist on the desk. We don't jump up and down. We professionally manage a claim to bring to light the damages that occurred uh, from that storm. And, you know, when we do our job properly and the carrier is, is listening to what, what our <laughs> are telling them, we usually have a great result. So, 
Nice. And one thing you said earlier in the beginning too is that you guys deal with it based on the settlement policy. So upfront, then it makes a, might it might make it a little easier for the, the the homeowner to really go through this process and say, okay, based on this is here's how you can help me. Here's how you here's how you guys get compensated. But you guys are fighting for me anyways to get more. To yeah, we only, so we only get paid. We're on contingency, so we only get paid when the insurance company cuts a check. So we take our fee out of every check. So literally, mm-hmm. there's never any money. It's it's uh, this sounds too good to be true, but it's a no brainer. Yeah. Um, if we don't collect any money, we don't get paid. Yeah. So if, if we collect X amount of dollars, we get X amount of commission back to us. So um, there's really That's nothing. Nice. To, yeah, there's nothing to lose. Um, if, if, even if the insurance company is right and they pay you fairly and we don't see we don't, we don't collect any money on the claim, we don't get paid. We get paid on what we bring in and value to the claim. So literally, there's no value or there's there's it's a no brainer hiring a public adjuster to do the work on your behalf because. It's illegal for us to take retainers up front. We can only get paid as our checks are coming into the carrier. That's our value. Um, and very, very, very rarely has the insurance company done a perfect job up front. So we, we can always find something there that they didn't cover or end up paying for that we can get covered for, for the consumer. So nice. I'm great. glad that you're sharing all this too. Uh, one last thought too. Is there anything we should know about because – in the last two years, I'm sure most people are working from home. It's, it becomes a business. You have a business office now, probably, and you're doing all these things. Are there any additional insurance things we should be aware of in terms well, of adjusting? Yeah, if you're running your business out of your home, you damn well better have the coverage on that because if something happens to the computers or the or your any, anything that you're running your business out of, there's an exclusion in those policies. Um, they can actually, and vice versa, if something happens to your home and you're running a business out of that, they can kind of tweak that where, uh, they say it's a business, not a home anymore. So you can be very careful and be very forthright with your agent. It's like, hey, I'm running a business out of, the, out of this office. Uh, my computers, my, my all this stuff is good. I need to cover it under my under business policy, not my homeowner's policy, because they can actually, uh, there's a, a very small cap on that too. If you don't have the right coverage, you can really step in and, and lose a lot of money. I mean, I my office is full of computers and iPads and this, that, the other thing. And if I don't have the coverage for it, it's not, it's not going to go well. So you got to make sure that you, once again, I put in writing too. Make sure you have email like strings. Dear Mr. Agent, I have this, this, and this now. I'm working out of my house. I have this much value of, of items for my business. Put it in writing. Make sure you have an email string because you don't want to be have a he said, she said situation. You want to make sure that you cover your tail and you put all the stuff in writing consistently. If something does go wrong, you have that in writing. You, you can go after the agency and no insurance if you have to which you don't want to do. You just want to get it done up front correctly, right? Yeah, nice. All right, so how do people reach out to you? How do they learn more and how do they uh, connect? Yeah, so uh, vpa.claims is our website. My email is jack at vpa.claims. My cell number, which is always on, is 480-766-6565. We're licensed, bonded, insured in 38 states, including California. We love to help. I've been doing this since 1989. Uh, so we certainly know what the heck we're doing. And, uh, you know, I, my biggest thing is I want people to ask questions and I want them to um, understand what they have. And, um, you know, we're, we're an advocate for them to make sure they're getting proper treatment and get that playing field level. So they're they're going to get what to do because you get one shot to do the claim. That's it. 
Perfect. Thank you so much, Jack, for being on our show today and really sharing with our audience how you, you can help them and how they should reach out to you. So any of you guys, you have insurance issues, insurance claims, call Jack first. Make sure you guys talk to you guys first to at least have a different opinion, a second opinion to really right. see what makes sense for you and then take it with a grain of salt and see if that helps you. But non-contingent, it makes sense to have at least a second opinion for you. All right, guys. Thank you guys so much for being on the Truth About Real Estate podcast. We'll see you guys in the next one. Have a great day. Thank you. Good talking to y'all.